one of the um, learnings I got from um, Biosons was the need for education because we can all start talking to ourselves because we're familiar. But when we you go out to speak to people, there's um, there's actually a lot of confusion because so many things seem to be bad. Um, and you should do this or you shouldn't do that. So we decided to change our cadence a little bit with Pipette and have, um, uh, we called it Look Who's Talking, but really it's like a, a blog page. Um, and try to um, invest uh, more of our energy than we've done before in blog articles, um, as I said, on a weekly basis. Um, everything from, you know, what the safety um, or the issue with certain ingredients in a very clear and precise way, not scaremongering, but just really educating that we don't need to overcomplicate formulas. We don't need to cut corners with chemical ingredients. I just take my hat off to every family I know who've got children. Um, and they were having to homeschool and they have full-time jobs. And I've got a lot of um, my team um, have got children and both you know, themselves and their husband are working and were beyond Zoom calls. And it's just lovely hearing their daughters or their son in the background. Um, and that's, yeah, that's just a norm. And it's, I actually love it. I love the way that it's not so segregated. I like the way we've blended things a bit. And you know, what is and how can we make this integration with families and parents and working from home, you know, make it work going forward. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. This is your host, Blessing Adesio founder and CEO of Mother Honestly. On this show, we interview ambitious women that are thriving in and beyond motherhood. Expect honest and real conversations that will encourage and inspire you to take actions on your dreams. Hello, thank you so much for joining the Mother Honestly podcast. My name is Kristen Hall. I am the COO of Mother Honestly and the host for today's episode. And I am so thrilled. We have such a great guest today. Joining us is Carolyn Hadfield, who is no stranger to the beauty industry. She's in a league of her own and has held executive positions with LVMH, Sephora, and The Body Shop, and currently is the president of Pipa and Afrinova. Carolyn, thank you so, so much for joining me on the podcast today. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. We're so thrilled to have you. So if you wouldn't mind, give our audience a little bit more about yourself and tell us um, a little bit more about your background, your own words. Lovely. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, calling in from San Francisco. I was just saying, at the moment, we either have the most exquisite sunny days in San Francisco, we have that gloom, which we hope is all going to burn off by midday because it's Friday and uh, we want the weather to be with us for the weekend. Um, but yes, really excited to um, spend um, some time this morning and really share with you um, some of my personal journeys um, through motherhood and my career and also how and where um, 
we are now with um, clean beauty reaching across everything from uh, skin care, hair care, but most particularly today with baby care. Um, it was sort of late 90s. I was with LVMH um, and uh, LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moe Hennessy were on a big acquisition trail of um, really purchasing companies that they saw were really going to make a shift and a change in the beauty industry. Um, Sephora was part of um, their purchase and I was very fortunate to be um, with the inaugural team rolling Sephora out domestically here in America, learning what had, um, the founder had um, reached in France and in Europe um, and really replicating and bringing that freedom of choice and that selling purpose that Sephora does so you know, magically. And that really is now, there's no more to tell because it's all history and we all go into Sephora and it's just a, an incredible um, powerhouse. Um, from there, I actually returned back to the uh, UK uh, with my two small girls who um, were born during the wonderful growth period of Sephora. And I went to, um, into the body shop as Anita Roddick, the founder, stepped down um, and stepped into really helping them uh, recalibrate um, the body shop and take it into um, really what was happening in the 2000s and looking at um, sustainability, which body shop did so well, um, and really take it on to um, another level. And um, as we all know, L'Oreal then took Body Shop on and grew it. And now we've got an incredible company, I think, managing the helm, and Natura in Brazil. So, you know, a, an amazing experience there with um, the heritage and the legacy that Anita Roddick had founded in the 80s with ingredients and efficacy in sort of natural uh, skincare. Um, I then actually decided that I needed a little bit of space. Um, and needed that flexibility that we're all looking for as mothers. Um, my children were in some first and second grade and racing around um, London trying to get to a, uh, a ballet recital or to get to swimming classes. Um, as they went, um, you could see going forward that there was, there was a bit of fatigue for everybody, particularly living in somewhere like London where the traffic is um, you know, like New York, you can't get anywhere fast. Uh, so I took um, time out and actually set up my own business in uh, wellness and skincare and also enjoyed, um, you know, sharing my experience with other retailers in a consultancy manner. Um, and that dialogue, not just working on boards, but really working with some of their teams to talk about product development talk about product positioning, and also looking at really what and where certain brands were going, because we could just see things were shifting extremely quickly. Um, at that time, we, um, as a family, we moved back to San Francisco, um, and I continued more of that um, uh, consultancy advising, um, but also kept, you know, I liked having my own small business because it really allowed you to see what was happening in the industry as customers, clients came in and asked questions about skincare, about ingredients. Um, so I was, I was then very fortunate. I was approached um, by John Mello, who's the CEO of Amaris, 
which is a biotech company positioned here um, outside of San Francisco. And uh, both my daughters were like, well, why are you going to a biotech company? You didn't even pass your chemistry AP, um, alone know what uh, hydrocarbons are. But um, Amaris really is uh, an incredible company with technology that allows us to take ingredients that we're using in everyday products, but replicate them in a renewable um, manner. Um, and one of those um, is squalane, which we'll talk about later as we talk about some of the core principles around the um, brands that we have at Amaris. So from that journey um, and arriving with Amaris and with the team there, really looking to see how we could commercialize um, and take the sustainable core proposition of Amaris, ensuring that we're really looking at our planet, at our environment, what people are eating, what people are putting on their skin, what people are washing themselves with. So all components of ingredients that span across personal care and food. And that is where I am today. It's an incredible journey, your experience, and with not only being a mother and leading these pivotal roles and showing your daughters what you were doing and what you were capable of is amazing. But I love, too, that you've had such an impact on the beauty industry. And that's what I think we're so excited about at Mother Honestly is what Pipette's doing for moms and babies and families. Where did the idea for Pipette come from and how has that been this great new challenge for the last couple of years? Well, the first um, uh, brand that we started um, identifying uh, really was a, uh, for skincare for, um, you know, for all women. And we took squalane, which is this incredible um, emollient, which has always been used in the skincare industry um, or a moisturizer. And there were two sources of it, one from harvesting it from um, the liver of sharks. And the second source is olive um, extraction. With the banning of shark squalane, Amaris then um, spent two years and was able to replicate all of the um, efficacy and purity of that ingredient. So we built um, a direct-to-consumer uh, brand around it called Biosense, and really taking just the squalane oil as our core product and then building um, other components uh, that could build on this proprietary pure and clean ingredient. To actually give that brand just more depth and knowing how crowded the skincare market was, we came up with um, guardrails and parameters around the brand by banning 2,000 ingredients, 1,500 of which are banned anywhere in Europe. Um, the US has really only got a, a, a list of 11 um, banned ingredients. So setting our bar very high on banning these ingredients, really doing most things fragrance-free, because when you see the word fragrance on an ingredient label, it hides a multitude of different chemicals. Uh, number three, ensuring that all of our products and formulas would be EWG certified. And I think most of you know that is the Environmental Working Group who've done a tremendous job over the last 15 years, really um, establishing that standard, but also education and awareness, which has made um, all of us demand more transparency and awareness. 
So we started with um, Biosance and, you know, really from um, our sort of early launch at the back end of 2016, we really launched fully in 2017, um, digitally native and also with the um, support of Sephora. And, uh, you know, we were, I think we were in Sephora for about a month and we really saw traction um, on a couple of the products that allowed everyone to see this millennial customer or older or younger even was interested in all of those um, uh, unique uh, propositions in the brand. And because we were digitally native, we could see this consumer and particularly the older part of the millennial uh, consumer asking us more questions about clean uh, beauty, clean hair care, asking about um, baby products. So we, um, we really did our own diligence in the mid to late part of 2018. And we looked at both um, hair care, um, men's skin care, and we looked at baby personal care. And we did um, our own diligence. And we came out with it being loud and clear that the baby care market really needed support. It needed support in safety, um, trust, transparency, and obviously um, efficacy in um, any product like a di diaper cream or an eczema cream. But to really um, test this hypothesis, because we can all sit in offices and think we know the, the right answer, we actually went out to homes of families, both on the East Coast and the West Coast. Um, mums, dads who had one a child, two children, maybe expecting their first. And what were they looking for in um, a baby birth personal care uh, line? And it really uh, reinforced our hypotheses of safe, um, trusted, accessible, making sure that the price point was there. Um, and also speaking to the mum as well. Um, what products could the mum be using where, you know, the precious half an hour having a, a rest or having a bath, um, what, how could we help them and give them products that they know haven't got fragrance in them, but is a relaxing, calming body wash or a beautiful body lotion or a belly oil um, with ceramides and, you know, efficiency like the squalane oil. So that is what we, we stepped away with. And we launched last September. Um, we launched on Labor Day. So we took a, um, a bit of a pun around um, uh, our laboring. And um, we are uh, 10 months old. And we are you know, moving very fast as we uh, grow. And uh, I think when we look back at where we started and where we are today, I mean, just things have shifted so, so much, um, particularly with the you know, current um, uh, COVID pandemic uh, environment we're all living in, um, and also the shift in the way that people are having to parent, um, both if they're working or not working, um, the flexibility to go outside or not, the safety and the hygiene. So many components we had to sort of recalibrate how we spoke to our customer. The due diligence and just the following what parents are asking for, or even sometimes they don't know what they're asking for, which is such a, it's, you know, motherhood can be very overwhelming and you guys do such a nice job of educating people and providing a safe space 
for new moms or existing moms to learn about what's actually in their products and why making a pivot over to products such as Pipette Baby means what it means for their kids and the safety and welfare of their kids. But for some, you know, they may not be as aware of what's in their products. What's the biggest thing you can tell some of our listeners to this might be the first introduction that they're getting to clean beauty, what they should be looking for and why pipette is so critical to what they're doing, what they should hopefully be incorporating into their household. Yeah. I think one of the um, learnings I got from um, Biosons was the need for education because we can all start talking to ourselves because we're familiar. But when we, you go out to speak to people, there's, um, there's actually a lot of confusion because so many things seem to be bad um, and you should do this or you shouldn't do that. So we decided to change our cadence a little bit with Pipette and have, um, uh, we called it Look Who's Talking, but really it's like a, a blog page um, and try to um, invest uh, more of our energy than we've done before in blog articles, um, as I said, on a weekly basis. Um, everything from, you know, what the safety um, or the issue with certain ingredients in a very clear and precise way, not scaremongering, but just really educating that we don't need to overcomplicate formulas. We don't need to cut corners with chemical ingredients. Also, some of these ingredients, we're not just um, putting them on topically, but if we're using them in a body wash or a shampoo or anything like that, they're actually going into our water stream. And you've got ingredients there, a lot of which are being banned um, the end of next year, um, which are sort of uh, cyclomethacane and ingredients like that that don't mean anything to anyone, but you'll see them on the back of um, certain personal care items. They just sit in the water stream. They don't actually break down. So I think the whole industry is, you know, the bar has been lifted um, and everybody is much more aware. And it's for us to deliver um, that education in a, a way that is just very applicable um, to people. Um, we also really have shared um, some of the... Uh, where there's been maybe bad press on ingredients um, and also products, we looked to see how we could innovate slightly um, uh, differently and give the market a new um, application. And one that comes to mind is a product we launched about 10 weeks ago or eight weeks ago called Cream to Powder. And about two years ago, I was in um, Korea and Tokyo um, with our ingredient business and obviously doing a lot of shopping in all of the stores and how can you not in those countries because they're so beautiful. Um, and I found that they don't really like talcum powder too much. They have this wonderful cream to powder. Um, so it's a cream that you apply and it really turns into a nice silky satin powder. Um, and it's great for all those areas where we would use baby powder or even for all of us who, you know, you might be doing a sports or we've got one girl in our office who puts it on before she puts her wetsuit on for um, surfing. Um, 
And all those stories I love because we, most of us know that baby products can be used throughout most of our lives because they're safe um, and they've been tested and um, they perform. Um, the other area of education has been with SPF. The first product I started on was the SPF for pipette, um, but we haven't even launched it yet. Number one, we got slightly delayed with all the packaging, as you can imagine, with the shutdown um, the end of um, March um, with some of our component companies, but we dealt with that and um, we're launching the SPF um, the beginning of July, but they're making sure that we've got that sort of safe nano zinc protection, um, also that it's coral reef safe, um, and also it's 50 SPF. And if, if you take the time and you set your bar high at the beginning, you, you can deliver, um, as you'll see with this SPF, you know, we're not, you're not gonna have your children looking like they've got a white cast all over their body. Because um, that was another ask from parents. So the, the other um, uh, aspect here really was that we wanted to make sure we were innovative, um, both in application and also in ingredients. It's such great work. It's so critical. And I, I'm, I didn't know you guys were coming out with the sunscreen, so I'm very excited for that launch. I actually was uh, on a quick holiday with my mother, who I hadn't seen in a couple of weeks, and she brought out the like over-the-counter sunscreen for my yes. toddler and I was like we, we can't use this she's like and I was trying to show her the back on the chemicals yeah and I think she had no idea and I'm like this you know until you sometimes know you don't know what you don't know so yeah. I love what you guys are doing to set the bar hard and to educate consumers so that we can continue to pass on this information you know within our mom groups or within our networks and bring that awareness. And it, it's interesting to me because I haven't heard a brand yet that's highlighted that it's coral safe. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know about it now, but now I, it's going to be something yep. that I consider when I look at different products. And you touched on it a little bit, switching gears a little bit. You touched initially on as you grew your career, you know, that you took a little bit of a step back to integrate motherhood into your career. What might you recommend to mothers, regardless of where they are in their journey, on how you do find that integration of, we don't like to say balance, obviously, because we'll never get that perfect balance, but yeah. you know, what steps you took or what advice you could give moms? I mean, I, I, I always say to everyone, it's, it's so personal. Um, and it's also at that moment in time, both how your children are and how your family unit is. Um, I know some people feel um, they need more space when you know, our children are first born. Um, for me, I, I always had this feeling that once they started getting sort of to school um, and really developing that um, both myself and my husband felt we wanted to be uh, more engaged rather than having, you know, a nanny or a babysitter picking them up from preschool. So it was, it was finding that balance and, um, you know, we were time poor uh, and I wanted to be time rich um, and you might be not quite as cash rich when you step away from a big job but you nobody would step away from it without making sure they've got some um, structure around them so it was for me it was just very um, 
uh, rewarding, um, even though quite a shift, um, suddenly doing um, everything, picking up, running here, going there, and also having a, a job, but it was trying to fit the two together. Some days was actually more difficult because this, it wasn't the structure of a corporate job. It was me being asked to, you know, go here or speak here or, um, you know, consult there. But I think the biggest thing was just, it was rewarding in that um, I was more in rather than observing. Um, I was just in everything. Um, and then um, as the, the girls grew um, and then they got into um, high school and then you're starting, they're becoming more independent. Um, even though you have the, you know, the emotion of that age group can be a roller coaster. Um, you know, I really considered how could I, you know, take all of what I've learned and also was getting very passionate about sustainability and very um, concerned about what was happening or wasn't happening um, with the, um, particularly here in America, with the safety aspect of ingredients um, after you know, living in Europe um, most of my life and dealing with product development there. Um, so I think that was it really was, you know, and I, I feel fortunate. Um, some days, you know, you look back and you think that flexibility you want it and the next day you don't. So I think it's, it's has to be the right time or whatever that mix could be um, for that family and for their children at that time. And I think for the moment where we are and where we've been the last 13 weeks, you know, has to be such a, um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a reflective point for everybody of how, I mean, I just take my hat off to every family I know who've got children um, and they were having to homeschool and they have full-time jobs. You know, I've got a lot of um, my team um, have got children and both, you know, themselves and their husband are working and we're beyond Zoom calls. And it's just lovely hearing their daughters or their son in the background. Um, and that's, yeah, that's just a norm. And it's, I actually love it. I love the way that it's not so segregated. I like the way we've blended things a bit. And, you know, what is and how can we make this integration with families and parents and working from home, you know, make it work going forward? And thank you for normalizing within your company that it's okay to have children in the background. It's okay to blend the you know full-time parents and this new COVID environment that we're in. Um, one of the things we talked about this week on Mother Honestly is we've had a lot of parents that are losing, mothers especially, that are losing their jobs because the employers are being a little bit more inflexible in how they manage their home and their careers from being remote during COVID. And so it's been very heartbreaking for us to hear a lot of these stories where companies are, how hard mothers are struggling and they feel, we had someone reach out and just say that, you know, her boss was like, it's inappropriate to hear your toddler in the background. Well, you can't necessarily lock your toddler in a closet ah, for absolutely. a Zoom call. Yeah. So I kudos to you for helping lead that change that this, we can adapt, we can integrate, and it still allows us to be, you know, 
efficient and effective in our jobs. So kudos for that. And as, as we get to the end of the podcast, I know that 2020 has really changed a lot of everyone's business plans and what we were hoping to do. Um, Pipette's done a lot of really great pivots already with, um, I have to say, I put in my order. I'm very excited to get my hand sanitizer because I've been reading more and more about hand sanitizer labels. Uh, but what are you guys, you mentioned the skincare or the, pardon me, the sunblock that you're getting, the SPF that you're getting ready to launch. What does yes. the rest of the year look like for you guys? Yeah, well, 2020 was the, <clears throat> the year of us bringing in what we call over-the-counter FDA-approved um, products where you make claims. So um, an SPF sits in there, so does a diaper cream, so does an eczema cream and an SPF and um, a hand sanitizer. You know, they all have to meet very strict regulatory um, uh, results with the formulation for you to be able to make that claim. When we um, started seeing really the um, enormity of COVID in February and early March, we had the hand sanitizer um, as part of our family healthy family assortment, which was going to launch in 2021. So we decided to pull the hand sanitizer forward and then we all went into shelter in place. So we had uh, a real uh, task in front of us, but we were able to um, bring this hand sanitizer to the market on April the 10th. And it's, you know, it's just incredible because um, it's, we're using uh, pharmaceutical grade alcohol. We've got our squalane, we've got glycerin, um, uh, EWGs approved the formula and it's it's taking what normally are hand sanitizers are really quite rough and harsh on our hands and you know I think most of you don't want to be um, too technical but we, you know we have the microbiome of our skin and if we keep breaking that down with harsh um, ingredients then that's when we get you know silly things like eczema or you know silly surface skin um, rashes and sensitivity. So we went with, um, you know, uh, the CDC are saying 60%. We made sure that we were um, at that 65. And it's not necessarily even the level of alcohol just to educate everyone today. It's actually making sure that the alcohol level is obviously over 60%, but also that it's you've got the kill test and this is kill test one has to do that says it's 99.9 um, uh, kill test approved. So those are the <clears throat> things that we did to set our standard. And um, following on from the hand sanitizer, now we've, we're gonna follow on with the SPF. We've then got a um, eczema cream, which again has taken us nearly two years to develop. And this is just um, wonderful. We've got the first round off of the pilot testing um, and it's just a fabulous product. And then in the early part of um, 2021, actually we launch it in December, um, is the diaper cream. So again, not rushing things, but making sure we were giving the family um, what they need and what the, um, the babies need all under the banner of you know safe and trusted and then we've got a wonderful um overnight brightening mask for mums um where we've got i think 10 percent lactic acid all safe if you're pregnant or lactating and you can put it on at night time and sleep with it on it just helps with that 
instant collagen production and surface pigmentation, which we all get with the sort of shift in um, our hormones in pregnancy. So we've got some really, really innovative and exciting products, both for the baby, for the mum, and the hand sanitizer, followed by um, a beautiful hand wash and hand lotion, all really sitting in this family category. I love it. It's such a great line. You guys are doing so much innovation. The research, the time and the effort you put in your products, it really speaks volume to what your company stands for and what you're about. And for us at Mother Honestly, we're so thrilled to see your journey and what you're doing. We appreciate your support of us. We loved having you on the virtual parent summit that we did back in May. Yes, um, Carolyn, thank you so much. It was a treat to have you at the summit. It was a treat to have you on the podcast. Um, for our listeners, please check out Pipette Baby at Pipette Baby on uh, Instagram, as well as going to pipettebaby.com, looking up their blog resources that they have, the product line offering that they have. Uh, we're so thrilled to see what you guys are doing. So, Carolyn, thank you so, so much. I hope the weather clears a little bit for you today going into the weekend in San Francisco. Um, and as always, love what you're doing. Thank you for being a guest. Uh, we're so grateful to have uh, what you're doing for moms, babies, and the family. Well, thank you. And thank you for inviting me into the community and to all the listeners. Um, have a great weekend and uh, lots of love here from San Francisco. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into the Mother Honestly podcast. If you want more relevant content for the ambitious mom, head on over to motherhonestly.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mother Honestly. Love our podcast? We want to hear from you. Please rate and review our podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We love growing at Mother Honestly and your reviews help us grow. Stay safe, stay well, and always stay ambitious. <laughs>